You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 92. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Hey team, it's Kim Eagle with the Earn That Body podcast, always here to bring you health, fitness, and nutrition strategies that you can put into play each and every day. So first we're going to get started with what I like to call the Eagle's Eye on Health. But there was some confusion last week, so I want to just clarify how my podcast works. So every week I try to do the Eagle's Eye on Health, which is a little tidbit of information or some new news or new research, and it's just sort of a snippet about it that I wanted to share with everyone. So that's just sort of a pre-segment, and then I get into the main gist of the podcast. So last week, the Eagle's Eye on Health was about alcohol. And then I moved into protein powders, but a lot of people were expecting to hear protein powder right off the bat and thought it was an alcohol episode. So sorry that I did not give you the exact format last week, or better yet, I'm just going to make sure that I tell you what the primary podcast is ahead after the Eagle's Eye on Health. So today, our primary podcast episode is going to be about hot therapy, cold therapy, and hot, cold, or what they call contrast therapy. These are all amazing recoveries for certain kinds of injuries, uh, all kinds of sports injuries for sure. So just a really good episode about when to use heat, when to use ice, and then something that's kind of fairly new, which is the contrast therapy. So we're going to get into that right after today's Eagle's Eye on Health. And today's Eagle's Eye on Health, we're going to talk about a little myth that is actually more of a myth than what a lot of people have been thinking. And so several people brought this up to me in the last few months, and so I thought I would do just again this short little segment on it. But coconut oil is not actually a superfood, or people are starting to say that it was this amazing superfood, and it was so exciting, and everybody was eating it, and You know, that's, again, something that happens with marketing these days. It happens to so many products, and then you find out there really isn't that much research, okay? So the reality is that although often demonized for its very super high saturated fat content, coconut oil has experienced that sort of renaissance feeling that according to a joint survey, the New York Times and even a polling from the Morning Consult said that 72% of Americans were now considering this solid, this coconut oil, this white fat to be healthy and really considering it sort of a superfood. But when you separate out the science from the actual sales pitch, Coconut oil is not nearly the health-boosting, fat-fighting miracle that its fans actually want it to be. So there's no strong evidence directly tying coconut oil to a greater or reduced risk of cardiovascular disease, which is what a lot of people were saying about the oil. Now, studies show that coconut oil intake raises the levels of your total cholesterol and your LDL, which is your bad cholesterol. But some of the studies did find that the HDL, which is your good cholesterol, also was going up a little bit. 
So they're saying overall your cholesterol numbers may not worsen or improve because you're getting both of them a little bit higher. The, the higher HDL sort of outweighs the LDL. Um, but combined with information from the epidemiological studies, this suggests that coconut oil at most has a very, very small impact on heart health. And really, the American Heart Association still says that we should steer clear of coconut oil. All right. Um, in addition, coconut oil was being touted as this weight loss marvel, saying that it has medium chain triglycerides, they're called MCTs, and the human body handles MCTs differently from other fats and prefers to burn them for energy rather than store them. So coconut oil was sort of touted that it, it had the MCTs and that was going to help you with weight loss, but coconut oil contains a very modest amount of MCTs compared with amounts used in most studies showing that there were actual fat loss benefits. So the research has been a little bit misinterpreted on that front as well. So what's the bottom line? It's likely that coconut oil is neither a heart surgeon's worst nightmare, so they say, nor a magical panacea. If you like its flavor or the moistness that it adds to baked goods, which apparently it does a very good job of that, it's probably fine to include it, but you really need to include it in modest amounts. All right, everybody, because honestly, if you're increasing this coconut oil and not decreasing calories and fats somewhere else, you are very likely going to gain weight from coconut oil. So it's not like it's calorie free by any means. Okay, now moving into the main segment today, let's talk about heat therapy, cold therapy, and contrast therapy. All of these things are great for you to know because if you get an injury, you need to know which one of these is going to help you the best. I mean, let's face it, whenever we're injured, the goal is to recover as quickly as possible. But there are times you do not wanna use heat therapy on certain injuries. There are times you do not wanna use cold therapy on certain injuries. And now one of the latest therapies that's out there is the hot cold contrast therapy, which I happen to love. Again, though, it depends what's going on in your body. So let's go ahead and talk about the very first one, which is probably my favorite one, heat therapy. Who does not love a little heat on their body, right? So the way that heat therapy works is that it improves circulation and blood flow to a particular area due to the increased temperature that it is providing. So whatever type of heat therapy you're using, what you're doing is you're warming up that area. And when we warm something up, increase circulation, increase blood flow to the area. So that's definitely very helpful. Now, how do you apply heat therapy? Well, there's different types of heat therapy, basically. There's the dry heat therapy, which is gonna be your heating pads, dry heating packs, even saunas, they consider to be a dry heat. And that's these are all very easy to apply. There's also moist heat therapy, which is gonna be your steamed towels, moist heating packs, or even your hot bath. Oh, that's my absolute favorite, a hot bath. So moist heat might be slightly more effective as well as require a little less application time for the same results. 
There's also professional heat therapy treatments out there, um, like heat from an ultrasound is an example, and that's really good for things like tendinitis. Now, when applying heat therapy, you can choose to use local, regional, or even a whole body treatment. The local therapy is always gonna be the best for the small areas of pain, like a stiff muscle, and you could use a small heated gel pack or even a hot water bottle if you wanted to, right on the injury, right there locally. Regional treatment is best for more of that widespread pain, even that stiffness that you might be having, and this might be really good with a steamed towel. Uh, or a large heating pad you can get onto an area like that, or a heat wrap. And then full body treatment would include options like the saunas or a hot bath, all right? Now, there are certain times when you would not use heat therapy, and this is what's really important. You don't want to use hot therapy when something is bruised or swollen or even both because those are probably going to be much better for a cold therapy and also you should never apply heat therapy really any therapy to an open wound so certain pre-existing conditions should not use heat therapy due to the higher risk of burns and complications those would include diabetes dermatitis vascular diseases, deep vein thrombosis, and even multiple sclerosis. They're saying that those are not conditions when you want to use heat therapy. If you have heart disease or hypertension, you need to ask your doctor if heat therapy would be appropriate for you. And always, if you're pregnant, you need to check with a doctor. I do not recommend any saunas or hot tubs if you are pregnant, all right? So that is heat therapy. Therapy, it is the most beneficial when it's used for a pretty good amount of time. So unlike cold therapy, it's gonna be less time. When you're using heat therapy, minor stiffness or tension can actually be relieved by about 15 to 20 minutes of heat therapy. Moderate to severe pain, you can go for a longer session of heat therapy, like in a warm bath, anywhere really between 30 minutes. They say up to two hours. I think that might be a little excessive, but it's not gonna hurt you. The key is that you don't go too hot. You don't wanna burn yourself in any way. It's sort of a nice warm, on the higher end of warm, I would say, okay? So that's heat therapy. Now, what about cold therapy? How does the cold therapy work? Well, it's also known as cryotherapy. That's what cold therapy is. And if you've been hearing about all these studios that are popping up all over called cryotherapy studios, all that they're offering basically, or they offer a lot nowadays, but it's cold therapy treatment. And the way that cold therapy works is it's actually reducing blood flow to a particular area, which can significantly reduce that inflammation and even the swelling. And that is often the inflammation and swelling what's causing pain. So around a joint or a tendon, cold therapy can be great. It temporarily reduces that nerve activity as well, which can also relieve pain. So cold therapy is fantastic. There are many different types of cold therapies that you can do, some of them easily to do at home. So things like ice packs, they have frozen gel packs. There are some coolant type sprays. I'm not really big on any kind of spray because I'm afraid you're gonna inhale some of that. Uh, ice massage is great, great and even ice baths. All of those can be done at home, 
right? So it's not super hard. You don't have to go to a cryo studio. Although what's nice about a cryo studio is it's convenient. You literally walk into this place, the cryo, and I'm just going to push restore cryo here in Austin because they just donated awesomely to the Lake Travis uh, running team. So thank you so much. But like if you go into restore cryo, you basically walk in and you go into this chamber that gets so, so, so cold. I don't even know the exact degree, but it's, I mean, you will be freezing. You drop your clothes, you're wearing your underwear, and you wear, uh, I believe you wear socks and gloves. And you're in this chamber. They can't see you naked, so don't worry. And you kind of march around in there. And I think it's for about three minutes if you can handle it. And you are just like one big goosebump by the time you get out of there. So it is like getting into an ice bath. It it does that same type of thing. It applies that cold therapy to the entire body. And they even have ways to do local as well. So it is convenient by all means if you don't want to go out and lug the heavy bags of ice for an ice bath, all right? There are other types of cold therapy out there as well. There's something called cryo-stretching, which uses cold to reduce muscle spasms while you're stretching. There's something called cryokinetics, which combines cold treatment and active exercise. I have never seen that before, but apparently it's really useful for ligament sprains. And then, as we just talked about, there's the whole body cold therapy chambers at Restore Cryo. Go check it out. (laughs) Um, Now, when would you not want to use that cold therapy? People that have sensory disorders that prevent them from feeling certain sensations should not use cold therapy at home because they may not be able to feel if damage is actually being done, right? So they can't get a sense of when it's too cold. And yes, it can get too cold and basically burn you. So this would include diabetes. Um, So you really need to be careful of that. You should not use cold therapy on stiff muscles or joints. That's really what you want to use the heat for because the last thing you want to do is make your stiff muscles even tighter, right? Just think about it. You put ice on something, it gets cold, it contracts. Well, if you have stiff muscles and joints, they are already contracted. So don't use cold therapy on your stiff muscles or joints. That's when you're going to want to head over to the hot department. And cold therapy should not be used if you have poor circulation, okay? So that's something also to think about. Now for home treatment, applying an ice pack, uh, they always recommend that you wrap it in a towel. So you don't wanna get burned by something that is too cold or sitting on you for too long. Um, An ice bath is also definitely a way to apply cold therapy at home. You should never apply that frozen item to the direct skin, as I just said, because there is that concern of damaging the skin and the tissue. So applying cold treatment is something that you definitely want to do, but you want to do it right after an injury if you can, right? So most people say like, what do you do if you get an injury? You want to go ice it right away. And that's important to help with that inflammation. Now, using cold therapy for short periods of time 
several times a day is the best way to do it. So it's a little bit different than that hot therapy that they said you could do for 30 minutes to two hours. You are not going to do that with the cold. I probably don't have to tell you that. I mean, can you even imagine sitting in an ice bath for that long? I cannot. So they say 10 to 15 minutes is fine and no more than 20 minutes of cold therapy should be used at a time because you really want to prevent any kind of nerve, tissue, and skin damage. So all of those things are super important. It's a little more concerning using that cold therapy. When my son and I do our ice baths, I think we get in eight minutes is the max. All right, so eight minutes. And really at a temperature around 55 to 60 degrees, you don't wanna go too much below 55. Some people will do about 50 degree ice baths. I honestly, I cannot get a toe in at 50 degrees, like 55 is as cold as I can handle. And when I say that, as cold as I can handle, I think that leads us right into a very important part of this segment, which is you need to listen to your body. If something feels too hot, it's too hot, okay? Don't sit there and put a hot pack on and think, okay, I need it to be hot. That's the only way I'm gonna get better. If it feels like it's burning, it's too much, okay? And I really think the same goes for the cold. If you cannot even put a toe in the ice bath, it might be too cold for you. Now, yes, it's supposed to be a little bit uncomfortable. And even when I get in at like 55 degrees, even towards 60, it is still uncomfortable by all means, but it is a much different feeling than sub 50. I mean, you literally, it hurts and it's painful. The last thing you wanna do is hurt yourself doing one of these therapies. So always be very careful and listen to your body. Now, what is alternating hot, cold therapy? That's, I don't wanna say it's a new thing as it's definitely been around for a while, but I feel like it's something that is definitely being talked about a lot more. Now, what what is the hot, cold contrast therapy? It's literally going from ice or cold to heat, cold to heat, cold to heat several times, depending on where that injury may be. So like say I did it when I had my broken foot and we were a little unsure if it was broken or not, I had a stress fracture. And so I would put my foot in an ice bucket and then into the hot bath and then back into the ice bucket and then into the hot bath. So going back and forth is what that contrast therapy basically is. Now, what kind of injuries does it work best for? Well, they say it's good for strains and sprains of the foot, hello. Um, Also of the ankle, the elbow, the knee, the wrist, the neck, and even the shoulders. It's good for swelling once the acute stage has passed because you never wanna apply heat to something that is in that acute stage that still has that swelling and inflammation. It's also very good for muscle spasms, joint aches, repetitive strain injuries like tendonitis or even tennis elbows, a lot of sports injuries it's great for, flare-ups of chronic conditions like arthritis and even fibromyalgia. So how do you do it? Well, it's always very dependent on where it is in your body that you're having the problem. So the foot was kind of an easy one because I could put it into the bucket and into the tub. I could just kind of move it in and out. That would have been much harder if it was a shoulder issue, right? There's several different ways that you can do these things. So there's local application with heat wraps or ice packs. 
That's one way you could do it, especially for like the shoulder. There's what's called pouring, which is a stream of water from the faucet. So you would pour hot water and then you would switch it to cold water, hot water, cold water, back and forth. Uh, you can also have a bucket full of hot water and a bucket full of cold water and just pour the bucket water onto the affected area. There's something called partial immersion, which is the bucket or the bathtub of hot, cold water pretty much what I just said. And then there's total body immersion where they actually have this at some places, um, even some spas have it, where you soak in an ice bath and then you get into a hot bath and then back into the ice bath and back in, that's full body back and forth. They do say you do need to be a little careful when you do the full body immersion because it's actually a little tiring and it can be very dehydrating. So something to take note of. Now, how exactly do you do it and what is the protocol? Well, once you've decided which method you're gonna use for your contrast therapy, right? So you're gonna, are you gonna use the heat wraps and the ice pack? Are you gonna use the hot bath and, and the, the cold bath or the buckets? Once you've decided exactly how you wanna do it, You'll also need a clock or some kind of stopwatch so that you can see how long you're in each one. So it doesn't have to be super precise, but there is sort of a recommendation on how long you do both for. So in general, they say it's best to use a contrast therapy ratio of one minute of cold for every three to four minutes of heat. And you repeat that alternation between the hot and the cold about three times, okay? So three times is sort of that minimum. You always want to begin and end with ice. That is the really important part because of the inflammation. You wanna start with the ice, you wanna end with the ice so that you can really help get rid of inflammation. Um, that's basically how a lot of those pain relief sprays and gels like the Icy Hot work. That's what the concept is, is they cool first to dull the pain, and then you start to feel the heat to relax the muscles. And here is the basic pattern of how you want to apply the contrast therapy. You got your one minute of cold, and then, so like I put my foot into that bucket for one minute, and then I would put it into the heat for three. And then I put my foot back into that cold bucket for one minute, then I put it back into the hot bath for three. Cold for one, hot for three, and then I finished with one minute of cold. So that is the protocol on how you do that contrast therapy. Now, when would you not want to do contrast therapy? When should it actually be avoided? Well, hot and cold therapy used only on the affected area as opposed to whole body contrasting is generally the safest and easiest treatment that you can do at home. So it's pretty hard to do the, the whole body one uh, at home unless you have two baths that are right next to each other. Um, so that's something that you're probably not going to be able to do at home. You also don't want to do contrast therapy on an acute injury. We briefly said that injuries that have just happened, right? You just sprained that ankle. That needs ice right away. It needs no heat at all. You don't want to add any heat to that inflammation. Ice is best in the days after an injury, okay? So definitely take note if you have an acute injury, just avoid contrast therapy initially. Whenever you have an open wound or any skin issues, 
You do not want to do any heat, any cold, any therapy like this, all right? You don't want to get any kind of infections or burns or boils or anything like that to an open wound. Now, if you have circulatory or any heart conditions, like low blood pressure even, poor circulation, any heart condition at all, you could react adversely to the extreme heat and cold. I mean, especially if you were doing the full body one. So they don't recommend it if you have circulatory or heart conditions. You would always want to ask your doctor about that. What about if you're kind of not feeling well? So you've got this this injury that's bothering you, but you have a fever or an infection. You do not use heat whenever you have any kind of fever or infection in your body. So just so some of you already know, but my my training is in Eastern medicine and we always said you don't add heat to heat, right? So something's hot and red, you don't want to add heat on top of that. And that's basically what a fever is. You don't want to add heat to something that's already hot. So you would definitely avoid any kind of heat therapy or contrast therapy if you were sick with a fever. And then lastly, they don't want you to do contrast therapy if you have peripheral neuropathy, diabetes neuropathy, again, because you can't always feel that skin sensation, and also Renaud's syndrome. For the cold treatments, it could adversely affect the condition. So the overall thing I always say, if you have any concern, if there's any reason you have concern, just ask your doctor if this would be an appropriate protocol for you. And it's always good to ask your doctor if you're uncertain, should I use cold? Should I use heat? Should I do this contrast therapy? Always ask the doctor. Don't be afraid to call your doctor's office. That's what they're there for and they should be able to guide you. But for sure, if you have any illness or issues like the circulatory or heart, it is a must that you ask the doctor and don't just give this a try because obviously it could have a negative effect on your health. So that's pretty much everything. I have to say I'm a big heat girl. I love when I can use heat, but if I have an acute injury, then obviously I definitely ice it. You do want to ice with an acute injury, but when you have sort of those aches that are going on, that low back aching, something stiff, a hot bath, I pour some Epsom salt in it. There's no real research that the Epsom salts does anything, but there's also no research that says it's gonna hurt me. So it might help me, but there's not a lot of research that says it does much, but it's not gonna hurt you. So if you wanna add some Epsom salts to the bath, that's definitely a plus. If you haven't tried cryotherapy, definitely give it a try. I think it's a really unique experience. And like I said, it's the most convenient way to get that ice uh, cold therapy. And then if you do make it to a spa that has the hot bath with the cold bath next to it, it is a pretty unique experience and it's probably worth trying as long as you don't have any of these uh, issues that need to be consulted with a doctor. But it is kind of a neat sensation. Um, it, It sort of really awakens you. I will tell you that. You'll feel very alive afterwards. Even though it can create some fatigue, and that's usually because of the heat, um, you get into that cold and you will be revived quickly. So that's everything for today on cold heat and contrast therapy. What do we have coming up with the Earn That Body online programs? The next thing we have on the schedule is the 21-day 
summer body challenge because a summer body is not made in the summer people if you want to be bikini body ready we got to work on it on may 7th and i have an awesome 21 day challenge to help you all get there it is the same challenge from last year a lot of you who did it last year are doing it again it's only ten dollars if you want to do it again and if you want to do it for the first time shoot me an email kim at earnthatbody.com and i will send you all of the information that you need so that you can get started with us on May 7th. Have a fantastic week. I hope you guys can maybe get a hot bath in because it's also a stress reliever. Uh, Overall, I hope you don't have any injuries and I hope you don't need any heat, cold, or contrast therapy. Have an awesome week, everyone. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.